Hello everybody and welcome to this week's official podcast for the official Everton members. This week I am joined by Ian Snowden and Leon Osman. We're celebrating 10 years of Finch Farm and Snods, you're a regular here. It's a wonderful, wonderful complex. Absolutely fantastic. So different to what I had at Belfield, uh, which was fantastic when I, when I moved to uh, Everton. Great complex, but no, things have moved on dramatically. Uh, it's quite incredible this uh, this complex, you walk through it, there's so many doors, so many uh, things to look at, so many things to do, the gym is fantastic, the indoor gym, fantastic, and even got a swimming pool, I can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> he's here all the time, he's seeing all these things, I'm not sure he's using the gym or the swimming pool or anything, I think no, he, he is just walking around. <laughs> yeah. I just a toes, has he? <laughs> Talk us through the canteen areas. Now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it is, it's, uh, it's fantastic. If I, if I was here as a player, Arriving in the morning, I wouldn't want to leave. I really want they, they want for nothing. Yeah, from from the moment you come in, the way the place opens up, you get your own car park space allotted for you. You get your own private entrance into the the complex, and uh, and, and as Snod said, you, you want for nothing else. The kit gets provided and put in your place. Your boots do the the equipment is where you need it to be. The the coaches are waiting for you to either come in the gym or out on the training field, and and the canteen, the, the food is already there's there's nothing that that is not provided for you and. You know, it's all in the in the thoughts of making you a better player, and you know, if, if that doesn't happen, you've only got yourself to blame. Do you think that's a good thing, though, Ozzy? At times, to have everything that you want for nothing. I think it's done to make sure that there's no excuses. Mm. Um, you know, for if you don't do it, then it's then it's your fault. But I think you've got to be careful at what age all this is provided. Mm. If it's provided too young, before you've really accomplished anything in the game, then yeah, it becomes a problem. But you know, I, I think I'd like to think that when I was here and the players we had when I was here, um, that we made sure we keep people on track and we, we don't allow youngsters to, to maybe just get ahead of themselves. And you know, knowing the likes of Jags and, and Baines is still here, and I'm sure they're doing the same now. I just worry, Daz Ozzy, about lads that don't make it ever, and after they've been here for a few years, and then they don't go and make it, and then they have to go. No disrespect to clubs like Berry, Doncaster, Rochdale, it's a different, different setup there. And can they handle it? It's that's, the big that's what I yeah. worry about. The big characters bounce back, isn't it? You're Peter mm. Clark, he was always a great character. He was always going to get a game in the lower league. So was uh, the likes of Mark Hughes and Stephen Schumacher. Yeah, but Snodd is right. Sometimes players get this provided for them and then realise they've got a level of, without being disrespectful, a League One mm. club or a League Two club, and, and that's their playing level, their ability. And they go there and they're not happy with the with, with what's provided for them and 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 the, the complex and. You know, and and the balls might not be pumped up enough, or whatever it might be, they're not happy with the facilities there, and because they're used to Premier League facilities, and that can be a problem. That you know, their ability mixed with what they're used to aren't, aren't quite the same. What were the training facilities like for you when you started off as an apprentice at Doncaster? Uh, we we got changed at the first team uh, ground really, and then we went up in cars to to a training ground, and then when I moved to Leeds. They trained at Ellen Road because if you, if you remember, uh, there were some pictures, training pictures, That's just right. over the car park. Yeah. So we used to train, uh, get changed at Ellen Road, walk across the car park, and go into the training pitch there. It weren't really until I came to Everton that I'd not really got changed at the main ground. Uh, so it was quite a surprise when I came to Belfield. I, I came down from my medical and uh, I looked around the facility and I thought they were fantastic. I'd never seen out like it, uh, but compared to Finch Farm. There's, there's no comparison, but at the time when I signed in '87, I thought Belfield were a great setup. Yeah, Belfield was uh, was well ahead of its time. 
fantastic facilities. None of us actually wanted to leave Belfield when we when we moved to Finch Farm. We all thought, you know, it doesn't get any better than Belfield. But once you get to Finch Farm and you realise how great the facilities are and and you can introduce the feeling that we had at Belfield into into Finch Farm that you know you quickly adapt and and Finch Farm is now the the place to be. How important was that to bring the Belfield atmosphere because everybody loved Belfield, mm. players, ex-players, young players, staff especially, to bring the atmosphere of Belfield to Finch Farm. I suppose it was it was essential, wasn't it? Oh, it was essential, yeah. But uh, it wasn't as easy as as we as you thought. You know, to one of the great things about Belfield was that everybody was on top of each other. So. Any joke that happened, any bit of camaraderie, everyone was involved in. You, mm. you couldn't get away from it. Um, but you know, when you move to Finch Farm, there's so many different places you could be that you could you could miss half the day. The, the lads would be talking about something on the training field that you had no idea what happened. And you know, it, it took a little bit of getting used to. But I feel it maybe took between six and eighteen months to, to get the feel and to, to understand how to to use the facility with regards to you know the banter and everything that comes with it. Um, but I, I feel like we got it. Does, just as they were going on about, you get your own spec yeah, parking space here at Belfield. You just whatever time you turned in, you just had to get into the nearest bay that were nearest to the dressing room or whatever. But I remember uh, when Mike Walker came, we you got no no designated uh, parking space, but Mike Walker got uh, Jimmy Ryan, the groundsman, to paint a big MW on yeah. the nearest one to the dressing room. Uh, so he had it painted big MW. Uh, the next day, he always used to arrive a bit later than the players might walk for some reason. Every other manager used being at 8 o'clock, he arrived at 10. So Mark Ward took it on him to just park in his space. <laughs> <laughs> just park in his space. And he come in and he said to the lads, I've just parked in the gaffer's space. He did not take it funny <laughs> at all. He find Wardy. Really? Oh, he well, we were all in. We were in absolutely. Well, and he come in. He parked in his own space. Correct, that's what he said. MW. But he come in and he was going absolutely berserk. And he went, "Who is it then? Who is it?" And Wardy went, "It's me. I thought it was mine." MW. <laughs> he said, "You're fine." <laughs> How important in the transition with 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 a staff the staff who've been there a while the, the, the Jimmy Martins the Jimmy Combs the Sages people like that the staff are more important than the players really? in my opinion yeah you know the players come and go you know you'll have players that we, we've got such a good club the way players stay for 10 years i think we've had four or five in the last what, 15 years or so mm. which is we not heard of at most clubs but it's the staff in the background that keep the atmosphere of a club alive they're the ones that that get the place keep the banter going that you know, when things are going badly that, you know, players can turn to at times or, you know, when, when things are going great, they, they, you know, really help you enjoy being an Everton player. And, you know, the staff, and I'm talking kit men, ground staff, canteen staff, anybody, facilities managers, you know, everybody does it. Even you in the media, Darren, <laughs> can be a big part of the club. And, uh, you know, it's you guys that keep the club alive. He's right, isn't he? Yeah, he is, because I, I still, to this day, I remember Jimmy Ryan, mm. Dave Ash. Mary from the kitchen. Yeah, yeah. So, remember, all them, yeah. <laughs> remember all them and Jimmy Martin's been here years and years. And it is important to treat them how you treat everybody else. And there's no superstars in my eyes. Treat Mary, who used to cook the cheese on toast. They were cheese on toast in them days or a salad sandwich. She, she had one knife for She did. But she, I, went, she would she cut used... onions, butter your bread, <laughs> she cut meat, everything with this one knife. And maybe, maybe she'd give it a wipe with a thingy, with but it didn't get a wash. She stand out on the fire exec now and again just for the fag before a, she come back. I've in got the an front. iron gut right now. It's <laughs> all down to Mary. But no, treat her as you treat anybody else, and, and why not?
just before when we touched on young players, I, I get the feeling that you think maybe they do get a little bit too much. You know, the players, the young players go up there, the 14, 15, 16 year olds and what have you, and the, the food's fantastic, the layouts are fantastic. Every pitch here you could play snooker on. Dad, I just don't think the youngster, I think the first team as well. I've had a tour around it. I've never seen things like that before. And I think if you can't play football with the things that you're provided with, wow, you shouldn't be here because you, they don't want for anything. I, mean, uh, I, I actually believe that the way the ground's set up now, the training complex, it, it's right. You should have a, a route from the academy right up to the first team. But there mm. has to be... There has to be something in there where there's there's a real tough obstacle to get over. When we was when we was young, Walter Smith sent us down to train at um, Netherton, um, down um, over there away from the first team to keep us out the way, and we didn't feel a part of it. And we had to travel to and from training in cars, and then they found a complex for us down there to get trained at. And um, you know we had it, it, it pretty difficult for a while. I remember getting mm. stopped by the police because I had a car full of lads <laughs> on occasion going backwards and forwards to training, and they were asking why have you got a car full of lads at nine o'clock in the morning. Um, but you know we, we had to we had to really earn. So to watch the lad first team at Belfield, we really aspired mm. to be there, and we really wanted it, and there was a real desire. We saw the the end of uh, where it's not great and the facilities aren't great and. Um, you know, things might get called up. We, we, we witnessed that, so we had a real desire to, to get the best facilities. Mm. I suppose this is one of the many, many benefits from young players going out on loan. I know Joe Royal picks the club very carefully, but it's, it's a mental test as well, isn't it? I'm going to ask Ozzy about his loan spells at Carlisle and Derby shortly, but young players who go out to lower league clubs, having been at Finch Farm, mm. they must think, where am I? I think it's a must. I think Joe Royal does a fantastic job. Uh, putting players into clubs that suit their style as well. He don't just say, he just don't get on the phone and a couple of managers want a certain player and they'll go, yeah, he'll be with you for a month. He looks, he scrutinises the way that the player looks at the manager. Will it suit that player? And I think Joe does a fantastic job. Uh, but I think it's a must that all young lads, at some point, if they're not getting in the first team, don't be comfortable playing in under 23 games. Go and be tested. Go and have somebody off the terraces shouting at you. Mm. Go and have a manager giving a year of rollicking as well. So I'm a big believer in that. And I think they come back bigger and better men than when they leave on their own period. You just had to go to Carlisle, which is the middle of nowhere, and, 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 <laughs> em and embrace it and get on with it, didn't you? I did, but it was something I was, I was ready for. Mm. I'd, I'd had a few injury problems that I think everyone knew at Everton. And, and I came back and I was desperate to be in the first team, but they didn't think I was ready. So the only way of me proving to people that I was better than the level I was playing at was to go out and show it. And so I was determined to go out. I didn't get moved out as much as I was telling people, let me go out and play mm. alone. And yeah, but to, to go up to a League Two, Carl and I were struggling at the bottom of League Two at the time. Uh, we got changed in the training, in the in the the first team ground and walked around the back to the side of the pitches. Training got called off as much as it got mm. on because <laughs> of the weather or the pitches and um, and you, you might eat at a local cafe and it was it, it was a real eye opening and a real it, it really made you realise that uh, without being disrespectful to anyone, I don't want to play at this level. I want yeah. to play higher mm. and I want to prove myself higher and I, I think I can, but I need to show that I can and. And that's the type of thing that, that really sets you apart. You, you realise what kind of attitude you've got then. You're a player that goes there and thinks, I don't want to play with this, but I'm just going to go back to Everton and sit comfortably, or are you going to go back and show why? And uh, that, that, that's what separates the so-called men from the boys. Was it testing for you to leave Everton and go to Oldham? Yeah, it was. Oldham, Oldham was a decent club at the time. Yeah. They, they weren't at the position they're in now, but 
Everton was a, one of the biggest clubs in the country. Then you've gone to Oldham Athletic. And uh, although you were never a big time Charlie, yeah. as they say, it must have been tough. It was tough, but I'd had the other side of it as a young kid. Yeah. I'd been at Doncaster as a young kid for five or six years. If I hadn't have had that, if I'd have started at Man United or started at Everton and then gone down to Doncaster, it might have been different. But I was brought up, as Ozzy said, picking kits up, training being called off, uh, having to train in the snow outside and stuff like that. So it didn't bother me. But when I went to Oldham, it was a big come down. I'd been at Everton for eight years. And if it weren't for Graham Sharp and Colin Harvey, I wouldn't have gone to Oldham. I really want the Graham Sharp were a big pal of mine. Colin Harvey, I've got so much respect to, was Sharpie's number two. And when they came in for me, that was the only reason I thought, well, I'll go to Oldham. But when you go there, you leave Everton and you think, you were getting 12,000 crowds. They'd just come out of the Premier League mm, as well. Mm. They'd gone down to try and get back up. There were no comparison. But I'd had that, so I just got on with it. No, it meant nothing to me, no problem. I used to enjoy going into work. The day you stop enjoying going into work, into training, think it's time to retire. I was still enjoying it at Oldham under Colin and, uh, and Sharpie, so I enjoyed every minute of it. I think as well, you know, it's not just said about making the decision to go there. Mm. There's no point in him going there thinking, oh, I'm not sure I should be here, and then regret it and, and, and be, feel sorry for himself. And, and that sometimes happens with players. They make a decision to, to sign for a club or, or go out on loan, don't like it after a week and then feel sorry for themselves. Whereas it's not just said, I was there, I'm embracing it and I've committed fully to it. And, and that can sometimes be a, be a big thing with attitudes as well. Some players don't tend to like what they're doing and so can some really embrace it and, and move forward. Just want to finish on somebody that Snod's mentioned here, a genuine, absolute genuine legend, even though he hates the phrase, Colin Harvey. Oh, I can't speak highly enough of, of Colin Harvey. He was our uh, youth team under 18 coach when I, when I joined. You know, he'd been a a first team coach, he'd been the assistant manager, he'd been the first team manager and he was now coaching our under 18s team and what, a, what an honour that was and you just, you just tried to, to suck up every little bit of information that he, that, that he was offering and, and because he'd done it, he knew what made a player and you know, he proved his, himself by winning the Youth Cup with our first season and um, you know, went on and, and come to the semis next season and yeah, you know, what an absolute legend for the club. The biggest thing that I can compliment Colin on, you know when the manager doesn't take training, the players kind of take the foot off the gas a little bit, does. And I, I've done it everywhere. I've had it done to me when I was manager of Donny. My brother was a great coach. He used to take coaching. And it weren't until the manager turned up in his car or whatever that he used to go up a notch. But with Colin Harvey, if Howard weren't there, with Colin Harvey, he would not let you drop one little... One little inch, he was always on you, and yeah, the lads definitely. knew can, you couldn't drop. Can you imagine him with the youth team then? Get out of there, yeah. on, get yeah. out of there. Constantly on the line. I'm amazed he had a voice. Was he he <laughs> was exactly the same with us, with the first team. Yeah. We'd won the league, 8 7. We'd won the league. They got great players. You were playing possession. And if he didn't think you were working hard enough, but all everything you could he did hear. made you a better player. Yeah. He, he was doing all of it to make you a better player. And, and I think, with especially talking to our youth team, I think you know he made so many good players that had careers in the game that. No hats off. No better subject to end this week's podcast on than the legend that is Colin Harvey. Thanks very much for listening. This has been the official Everton podcast for our official Everton members with me, Darren Griffiths, in the charming company of Leon Osman and Ian Snowden. Gilfie, congratulations. How does it feel to be heading to Russia next summer? Uh, fantastic. Uh, very excited. And um, of course, it's been a really good week for us. It's, uh, 
celebrations on, on Monday night, but um, yeah, obviously delighted um, we actually made it to the World Cup. Of course, in your, your big games, you need your big names to step up. How did it feel to get the goal and then a great assist as well? Yeah, it was fantastic. Um, it was nice to score in such an important game. Um, and leading up to the game, you were you were hoping and, and you were kind of wishing that you could help the team with a goal. Um, so it was, it was a nice feeling to score in such an important game. What was it like to be out on the pitch on a big occasion like that? Um, it's I think over the last few four or five years um, we've been playing in really big games. Um, it seems like, um, of course, with the with the playoffs uh, for the World Cup in, in Brazil, and then the games leading up to the Euros and the Euros, and then then now as well. Um, it seems like all of the games we've been playing lately are important for us. So it's um, that's that's how you want it to be, and um, I think. We've been improving as well in those big games because I think five or six years ago we couldn't couldn't really handle them. Um, but now I think the team is much more prepared for them and, and a better better team as well. Obviously, it was brilliant what you did in the Euros last summer. But do you think that the disappointment of the World Cup qualifiers for Brazil? Do you think that that made this one all the more sweet? I think so. Yeah, and go to the Euros as well after the, the disappointment of being so close to the World Cup in Brazil and just missing out. Um, but I think, probably looking back, um, I think that was very important in a way, because um, we knew how bad that felt and how how disappointing you were when you when you're so close and you miss out on it. But um, I said, um, as two major tournaments in a row now, that's um, a great achievement for the for the country. You can see the players on the pitch, the fans in the stands, the fireworks. You could really see what it meant to the people of Iceland on Monday. Yeah, it's, it's uh, something, of course, we've all been waiting for for happen to, to Icelandic football to actually go to the World Cup. Um, it's happening now, so that's, that's uh, I mean, this is just an outstanding feeling and, and um, I think all of the players and, and the people in Iceland as well are really proud of. So I will be looking forward to going to Russia now. Smallest nation ever to qualify for a World Cup, it's fantastic what Iceland have been doing for the past couple of seasons but how do you think you can fare next summer? Um, hopefully well uh, we'll have to see of course with the playoffs um, being next month but then the draw in, in December so we'll have to see what group we'll be in but um, I think we will have a good chance of making it through the group but we know it's going to be difficult but um, as I said we, we haven't got anything to lose and I think we'll go into the World Cup with the same mentality um, we had going into the Euros. 